Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. McDavid centers. What timer score? Oscar Clefbaum and Edmonton strikes again in overtime. This time it's Clefbaum. He'll swing it out to the outside and it is to the end zone. Touchdown Eskimos. Darrell Walker. With the touchdown, and the Eskimos take the lead with less than a minute to go. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. The National Hockey League is about to hand out some hardware in Vegas. Or unfortunately, their Golden Knights lost almost two weeks ago in Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final to the Washington Capitals. Will Connor McDavid walk away with some hardware honored or uh, nominated for the Lester B. Pearson Award for the best player in the National Hockey League, voted by his peers, already has the Art Ross Trophy. NHL Draft is two days away, and in fact, in 48 hours from now, we'll be well into our coverage of the NHL Draft. From Dallas, Reed Wilkins, Bob Stoffer, Jack Michaels, down in Dallas. We will hear from Bob. We will hear from Reed. Also, the Edmonton Eskimos getting ready for their home opener on Friday against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Johnny Manziel! Wait a second. The Hamilton Tiger Cats, yeah. No, Jeremiah Mazzoli is going to start. Okay, there you go. Um, and there's a great storyline here as well. C.J. Gable traded to the Eskimos back in October, early October, for two negotiation list players. Uh, we can talk about the Eskimos and two other players they've added to their name list reportedly. But uh, yeah, ever since then, Gable's been a great addition for the Edmonton Eskimos, and he will face his former team where he spent five seasons with on Friday. So uh, good evening, everyone. It is seven minutes after six o'clock. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Kellen Kennedy on the other side of the glass. Hello. Hey, dude. What's happening? Hey, it's been a while since we've done this together. It, it has been, what, uh, early May, I believe. Late April, was it early, early May? May. Yeah, I think so. Wow. Yeah, it was. I'm trying to remember. Your memory is better than mine. Oh, well, that, that that's <laughs> Because that's I was going to say it was last year sometime. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's scary, my friend, I was yes, going to say. Sure. Uh, uh, NHL Awards night, of yeah. course, the uh, one night of the year where you have uh, bald men in striped suits talking <laughs> at a podium. <laughs> Who's hosting this? Uh, I have no idea. I have none. I have no clue. Mm-hmm. So this is weird. Now, I believe they're handing out the Lester B. Pearson Award now um, because I'm looking up on the screen. Yeah, uh, and Lindros and one of the Sedins uh, just threw to this package here that's on the on the TV yeah. right now. So, so yeah, the Lester B. Lester B. Pearson looks like it's going to be awarded here. Uh, Taylor Hall, Connor McDavid, 
And uh, I don't know why I put Connor McDavid in the middle. Whatever. Uh, Nathan McKinnon are the nominees for the Lester B. Pearson Award, which is for the best player in the National Hockey League. Connor McDavid, of course, led the NHL in scoring, went on a tremendous tear in the final third of the season. Mm. Um, not nominated for the uh, Hart Trophy for the most valuable player. The only difference between the nominees of the uh, Ted Lindsay Award and the Hart Trophy is Andre Kopitar uh, because Taylor Hall and Nathan McKinnon are nominated um, with Kopitar for the Hart Trophy. McDavid gets it. And Connor McDavid, of course, of course, wins the award. So no surprise there. Right off the shoot, folks, Connor McDavid wins the Lester B. Pearson Award voted on by his peers NHL Players Association for the uh, awarded to the best player in the National Hockey League. So right we, can, we can start this debate again if you want. Um, most valuable player versus best player. And I know we get into this in the CFL when we have to vote for the MOP, which is the most outstanding player. Now that's one and the same though in the CFL, isn't it? Or the <laughs> it, intention is one and the same, right? It Unwrittenly, yes, it is. But if you look at the criteria of the or the uh, criteria of the award, it I don't think it says valuable to his to his team. But I think us as voters, we always you know, talk about those that vote on those awards, and I'm one of them. Um, I do throw that in there, and I think it's a factor, no question. So there's no doubt Connor McDavid deserves this award. The problem with the most valuable player award with the Hart Trophy, and I I am guilty of this criteria. Okay. I think it should only go to players or to a player that helped his team make the playoffs. The problem this year is the nominees, Taylor Hall, who I think will win, Nathan McKinnon, and the and the uh and Andre Kopitar, they all had their teams kind of limp into the playoffs. So to me they weren't overly dominant. So I think this is a case where maybe Connor McDavid, yeah, you, you make an exception. I think all three of them were uh, first-round cannon fodder as well, weren't they? They didn't get out of the first round of their no, teams. No, no, they did not. Uh, the team that did the best was the Avalanche. Uh, they took the Predators to six games. Uh, Devils lost in five to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the uh, LA Kings were swept and looked terrible for the most part against the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. What do you think, people? 780-496-0063. got some time for some calls. You can also text in at 630-630. There you go. Uh, what do you think? What do you think? So I had a hard time with, with the voting this year. I'm not a voter. I, I, I've never voted on NHL awards. Um, I always like to, you know, sit back and make our, you know, make your picks. You always do that. But this was a hard year to make a determination on who was the most valuable player in the National Hockey League. It was tough. I mean, there was some consideration for Blake Wheeler of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, I'm trying to think of some other names here, too. There was a movement online, I know, to by a lot of uh, Vegas fans and supporters to get Marc-Andre Fleury's sure. name in there as yeah. well, especially towards the end of the season and mm-hmm. that stuff. So, Yeah, and, and if you look at the New Jersey Devils roster and you look at their points especially, I mean, I should pull it up here quickly. But uh, Taylor Hall finished in first place, obviously, and he ran away with it. Uh, I'm just pulling it up here. Ha-ha, the joys of live radio. (laughs) We're getting there, folks. We are. Okay, here we go. Taylor Hall, 39 goals, 54 points, or 54 assists, 93 points. The next best player was Nico Heischer. 
20 goals, 32 assists for 52 points. 52 points. Wow. I mean, Taylor Hall was 41 points better than his next, uh, than, the, than his teammate. Mm-hmm. He finished second. So, I mean, Nathan McKinnon, if you look at points per game, yes, he was very good. Um, but does him missing a bunch of games, does that hurt him? Hurt Taylor or uh, Connor McDavid three years ago. But at the same time, he was, you know, he missed half a season. So, and Kopitar, yeah, sure. If the Kings don't have Kopitar, it's a little difficult. Um, they still have Quick. They still have Doughty. This is a team that's not blessed with offense. They've never, never had. Well, their cup run in twelve and their cup run in fourteen. They were able to. They were able to score. Um, I mean, they didn't have Jeff Carter for a long, long stretch. But Kopitar was very good. So to me, it was a, a, a little. It was a little bland. As far as the candidates, uh, close your roof. Someone texted in from the Philadelphia Flyers. Absolutely. So, Ted Lindsay. Uh, sorry, I said Lester B. Pearson Award, didn't I? Uh, Ted Lindsay Award. That's the award for the uh, yeah. most uh, or the, for the best player in the NHL. Excuse me. Yes, Texter. Thank you very much. So I'm going old school. Uh, <laughs> and that's already gone to McDavid tonight. That was the first one that's yeah. been awarded. That's correct. So the NHL awards are ongoing. Uh, so uh, right out of the shoot. Uh, Connor McDavid wins the Ted Lindsay Award. Yes, for the uh, best player in the National Hockey League. And of course, uh, this was awarded at the end of the year. But Jonathan Quick, your Jennings Trophy winner for the year. Yeah, the lowest GAA in the mm-hmm. goals against average, or Team GAA, uh, which is goals against average. So league low, two hundred three goals against. That's always been an LA King thing. Mm-hmm. They've been very good for years. You know, go back to twenty twelve. They've been very good at keeping the puck out. They've had trouble putting the puck in the net the last few years, which has been uh, their biggest downfall. So uh, Jonathan Quick of the LA Kings wins the William M. Jennings Award. We know Connor McDavid has won the Art Ross Trophy. Um, Ovechkin, I believe, won the Richard. Boy, my memory is uh, my memory is fading. There we go, NHL goal leaders. Don't you love me typing on live radio, folks? That's right. <laughs> We're having fun, Kellen. It's hot outside. <laughs> it is. The air conditioning works, thank goodness. Yeah, it's not like we've had a few years ago here and that stuff. I recall doing a game during the Stanley Cup final when it was hot <laughs> like this, and the uh, environment inside the building here at Shed got so hot that the fire system actually went off. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do remember that. Yeah. I do remember that. So, so try producing a hockey game with a fire alarm screaming in your ear for about an hour and a half. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope, can't imagine that. <laughs> yeah, Ovechkin won the award, uh, the uh, Rocket Richard trophy for the most goals. He had 49 this year, and of course we know what he did in the playoffs, so he was pretty good in the playoffs. Stanley Cup and Hart Trophy winner. So it is uh, 6.15. We are here. And our NHL draft coverage, by the way, with uh, Reed Wilkins down in Dallas. Of course, Bob Stoffer's down there as well, Jack Michaels. Uh, 6.30 said draft, draft coverage is powered by Fast Track Indoor Karting. It's adrenaline pumping. It's safe. It's fun. Fast Track Indoor Karting, Edmonton.ca. So it will be a lot of fun to see what happens. It's very quiet now, and that's probably because tonight is the night where the NHL honors their best. And then tomorrow, boom. And what sort of rumors are we going to hear? I mean, we've already heard about um, Eric Carlson maybe going somewhere. 
the Ottawa Senator's defense, in that bizarre case where his wife has filed a protection order against the fiancé of Mike Hoffman, who was traded twice yesterday. Uh, first to the San Jose Sharks, Michael Bodker going the other way for the Senators. Uh, to the Senators, that was the most notable uh, player going back. And then Hoffman flipped to the Florida Panthers. So, And we can assume that the Florida Panthers would not be in the running for Eric Carlson, I no. wouldn't think. No, it seems like the Vegas Golden Knights are the number one team in the running. And, and in fact, they almost landed Carlson at the deadline or mm-hmm. just before the deadline, but they just couldn't get the deal uh, that they, you know, the deal to work. But you know what happens at the deadline is, okay, we can't do it now, but hey, let's talk later kind of thing. Um, I know Oilers fans are would love, I think most if not all would love, an Eric Carlson on the Edmonton Oilers. I just can't see it. There's no assets or there's not enough assets on this team that the Oilers would be willing to give up, even at 10th overall, that I think would make sense. You know, I, I, and I, I'm led to believe that Shirelli, Peter Shirelli, the GM, is going to try and address a puck-moving defenseman and try and bring one in. But I think that piece, Eric Carlson, way, way too high of an asking price, I think. Yeah, even if you trade trade up your pick from 10th all the way up to 5 or 6, you're giving up a asset that you could be used in the Carlson deal itself yeah. to get up to that 5 or 6 spot. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, this was like uh, P.K. Subban two years ago when he was still a Montreal Canadian and then he was traded. don't know if it was at the draft. It was probably at the draft or shortly after the draft. I can't quite remember, but he was traded to the National Predators for Shea Weber. And I think the ask back then was the Oilers, what was it? It was the fourth overall pick in Leon Dreisaitl, and I think something else way too rich. Oh, yeah. And there is, I know there's some people that think that Leon Dreisaitl isn't the player that um, I think most people see, which is a pretty dynamic number two center that could possibly be a number one center if needed if McDavid went down, for example. And definitely he has the flexibility to go up on the top line and, and play that right side with McDavid. But, you know, I've uh, I've heard enough Oilers Now shows and worked enough Oilers Now shows to know that for some reason Leon Dreisaitl is a very polarizing player. And did he have the best of seasons? Absolutely not. Did he show some flashes in the uh, probably the first two-thirds of the season? Yeah. And then I think we we finally saw what we expect from Leon Dreisaitl. We have another award winner, Davey. Ah, we do. Victor Hedman, your Norris Trophy winner for the year. There you go, of the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. So he beat out P.K. Subban and uh, Drew Doughty. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's a good pick. That's a great pick. Yeah. Yeah. That was going to be a tough pick between Subban and Hedman, who you got. It's like, okay, you got apples in one hand, oranges in the other. They're both tasty. What do you feel like? <laughs> yeah, no no question about it. It is 619. Uh, we're talking NHL awards right now. We'll be uh, updating you on the awards throughout the evening, but Connor McDavid has won the Ted Lindsay Award. Most outstanding player in the NHL, on, uh, voted on by his fellow players. And the uh, William M. Jennings Trophy awarded to the uh, LA Kings, Jonathan Quick. McDavid, of course, won the Art Ross trophy for the most points. We know the Rocker Richard trophy goes to Washington Capitals sniper Alex Ovechkin and just now Victor Hedman has won the Norris trophy for the league's top 
off, I guess, offensive defenseman. They do have an award for a defensive defenseman now, so uh, Victor had been well-deserving on a Tampa Bay Lightning team that is uh, rich, rich in defenseman talent. They got a lot of depth there. So uh, we're talking awards. We're talking NHL draft this hour. And uh, for the balance of the show, later on we'll talk about uh, the Edmonton Eskimos home opener against the Hamilton Tiger Cats on Saturday, or Friday, that is. And just to let you know how we set up broadcast-wise, um, f- 4 o'clock is when coverage will start on Friday of the NHL Entry Draft with Reed Wilkins and Bob and Jack down in Dallas. We will stay with coverage, live coverage, until the Oilers make their pick, and they're right now at the 10th overall position. So we're expecting that around 6.30 or so, and then we'll switch to football. And if something happens, like they trade up or trade down or whatever... And then uh, we'll uh, we'll make adjustments on the fly because uh, that's what we do here. So it's going to be a fun sports afternoon slash evening on Friday as uh, we talk about the Oilers at the draft and the Eskimos with their home opener against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. 6.20, back with more Inside Sports in a moment. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Campbell in for Wilkins. We'll hear from Wilkins in about 45 uh, minutes from now. And that music you hear, for you wrestling fans out there, one Leon White, who wrestled in WCW and in New Japan, I believe, as Big Van Vader, mm-hmm. and then wrestled in WWE as the man they call Vader. Which... And- Ironically, Vince wanted to call the Mastodon for whatever reason. Yeah, no, it's nah. Vader. Vince. But everyone's like, no, it's Vader, of course. Yeah. Worldwide superstar, right? So. Yeah, uh, he passed away today. Uh, age, I believe. Uh, what was he? 61, yeah, I, I think. I yeah. believe so, yeah. I believe he was mm. 57 when he came back. So it has to be in his early 60s, but I believe he was 57, 58 when he came back for uh, the, uh, uh, what was it, the Two no one thousandth episode of uh, of Raw June eleventh twenty twelve yeah he so, wrestled Heath Slater in his final singles match on Monday Night Raw yeah yeah so yeah. Uh, one of the best big men ever in the uh, in the uh, sports entertainment world oh, phenomenal yeah sixty three years old um, got into a bit of trouble too uh, there the uh, I remember the WWE was they were touring in the Middle East I believe and uh, one of the uh, the interviewer kept saying well wrestling's fake and you know you don't get you know basically was fake and so i believe leon white grabbed the uh the host by the scruff of the neck and said is that fake dave he was detained in i think uh wherever they were i want to say iran yeah for over a month yeah so (laughs) not good that's an interesting call back to corporate uh yeah (laughs) so guess what happened and i remember he was like you know in the wrestling world um, you do something like that, and you can get buried. And for a while, Vader got buried. That almost derailed his career, actually. Mm. So, anyway, but uh, yes, we'll we'll stop talking wrestling. But yes, Leon White, uh, uh, aka Big Van Vader, or the man they call Vader, uh, passed away. Former Los Angeles Rams offensive lineman as well, and I think he was on the team that made the Super Bowl, or, or right. he played in a Super Bowl. I know for sure. I'm not sure which one. Uh, he could do a moonsault off the top rope which is ridiculous. And this is a 350-pound man. (laughs) It's incredible. 
Okay, the wrestling talk's over, but uh, yeah. It's, for... it's worth a Google and a YouTube if you're not sure. Yeah. If you have never seen the dude. Yeah. Amazing talent. Moonsault is basically, he goes on the top turnbuckle and he does basically a 360 or a 180 or whatever it is, but basically a backwards flip onto his opponent on his front. So anyway, there you go. Enough wrestling talk. Uh, a man who can't stand wrestling talk is coming up next. That's Bob Stoffer down in Dallas, the host of Oilers now, and the Oilers, uh, analyst on the Oilers Radio Network. Uh, get his thoughts on the draft coming up. And uh, tonight, uh, Connor McDavid winning an award, and should he have won a second award tonight or been nominated for the Hart Trophy? That and more coming up on Inside Sports. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 633. It's Dave Campbell and for Reed Wilkins tonight. He is in Dallas, side of the 2018 NHL entry draft. We'll hear from Reed just after 7 o'clock. Uh, we'll have Reed a lot on the show tomorrow night as it's the eve of the draft, and uh, it's a very busy day. Should mention as well uh, the home openers were announced today by the NHL, and the Oilers will play their home opener on Jan- or, sorry, January, yeah, right, October 18th against the Boston Bruins. Uh, that's because they're heading to Europe. Uh, they're playing a preseason game in Cologne, Germany. Uh, that is on October the 3rd, and then we'll open their regular season with a game against the New Jersey Devils in Gothenburg, Sweden. That's on October the 6th, so the Oilers will be back home uh, for their home opener on October the 18th. So there you go. Um, you can text in at 6.30, Dave Leon is great, just maybe not $8.5 million great. Well, uh, that's from Jim. I, I would say that's maybe a contract he'll need to play into, but I think he's pretty close to playing into it. Um, bit of an off year last year, but uh, overall I thought, you know, Leon Dreisaitl is a pretty dynamic player. So I think the Oilers... Uh, have done very well with that contract and will do very well with that contract. And, of course, Connor McDavid will do very well with his contract, which will kick in very, very soon. And uh, has some hardware tonight, winning the uh, Ted Lindsay Award for the best player in the National Hockey League, voted on by his peers. Let's go to Dallas right now. Uh, first time in Dallas, and Bob Stoffer, the host of Oilers Now, an analyst on the Oilers Radio Network. Bob, how you doing? I'm doing really good. Uh, every year, Gil Scott, who, as you know, is a prominent uh, uh, agent uh, in the National Football League and uh, the NHL with coaches and uh, does a lot of the, the higher-end CFL guys, he has a, a dinner, and uh, I, I'm invited in the broadcaster's category. Aha! Uh-huh. So uh, we're, uh, we have uh, Mike Singletary here tonight, who uh, you would know. Uh-huh. Uh, and we have... Uh, Bruce Boudreau, but we do not have Barry Trotz. And Gil has stepped out four separate times during the oh. course of dinner already. So uh-huh. uh, keep, just stay plugged on that one. I was going <laughs> to see that Connor won the Lindsay Trophy. The Lindsay Award, no surprise that the players no. voted him the best player. And let me know when the Hart Trophy comes down. Uh, <laughs> I'm not in front of the TV right now. Well, the, the, they're already giving away uh, a lot of awards here. They've given away the uh, Norris Trophy. That went to uh, Tampa Bay Lightning's uh, Victor Hedman, edging out uh, Drew Doughty of the LA Kings. And they've uh, you know, they've handed out the awards that have been determined already, like Connor McDavid wins the Art Ross yep. Trophy for most points. Alex Ovechkin of the Capitals wins the Rocker Richard for most goals. Uh, Jonathan Quick of the LA Kings wins the Jennings Award for the lowest GAA. And the the Dean Twins, no surprise, Bob. They win the King Clancy Award. So, 
you know. That's the super, yeah. I mean, the Sedins are just class guys, so that's awesome stuff. Um, uh, so, anyways, we're, we're down here, and uh, the orders scouting staff arrived today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's it'll pick up tomorrow in terms of talks for the managers around the league in terms of some potential movement. Uh, that's when a lot of the conversations really get going when the scouting staffs both amateur and pro converge uh, here in Dallas. And, uh, you know, uh, this could be a fairly quiet year for Edmonton, mm-hmm. uh, Dave. Uh, there's the wild card factors were around Milan Lucic, you know, and and so I guess we'll have to see uh, what happens on that front. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, when, when we talk about what kind of day it is today, and, and usually it is a much busier day the day before a draft, especially on draft day, um, this almost feels like the calm before the storm, Bob. And, and I know the NHL reserves this day to honor their best players and their yeah. best people in the National Hockey League. But it's not like there isn't news out there, but it just it's almost like it gets bottled and then all of a sudden at some point on Thursday it gets on court. Yeah, uh, and especially this year because you've got a, a wild card with the Ottawa Senators. You know, uh, how quickly do they move uh, on Eric Carlson? Because it certainly looks like he's going. And, you know, you got a team like the New York Rangers sitting there with three first-round picks. Do they have the requisite pieces? Uh, and they've got about four forwards that they – a couple guys that they picked up, like Spooner from uh, Boston in that deal uh, with Rick Nash and – Nemetsikov uh, in a deal with the Tampa Bay Lightning that sent McDonough to the uh, Lightning. And so those sort of guys are restricted guys. Uh, so sometimes players like that end up getting flipped as part of uh, subsequent deals to replenish the stocks a bit. So Ottawa certainly is an interesting team to watch. Uh, you know, the Calgary Flames, we keep hearing that they're trying to find a way to uh, get in all the first three rounds of the draft. You know, they potentially look at moving out a guy like T.J. Brody. Uh, the Oilers, we all know, are looking for a right-shot defenseman. Do they simply trade a left-shot D for a right-shot D? I don't know. You know, uh, I know that uh, Bob McKenzie and Frank Cervelli today talked about uh, Ryan Ellis, but to me, Ryan Ellis is sort of a, a core culture guy for the uh, Nashville Predators. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder whether or not a guy like P.K. Subban might that. And I'm serious about this, whether or not they might flip out Subban at some stage because then they could get, you know, a couple different pieces in a deal like that. So, uh, yeah, there are going to be some trades here over the course of this weekend in Dallas. And and then other than the top two picks, which are going to be Rasmus Dahlin, Dave, as well as, you know, uh, the Fetchnikov uh, with uh, with Carolina, after that, your guess is as good as mine mm-hmm. as to what the Montreal Canadiens are going to do at number three. Yeah, and they're kind of at a crossroads, aren't they? Because they could do, they could do something really drastic, and really questionable because Mark Bergevin has made those type of deals over the last couple of yeah. seasons. Or, I mean, for goodness sakes, they traded Mikhail Sergachev last year, who they drafted high the year before uh, in the top 10. The, the, the Habs are a team to really watch, I think, in this draft. Oh, yeah, I think the draft starts with Montreal at three. Uh, I personally hated the Sergachev trade. Uh, you know, the Edmonton Oilers had a lot of time for Mikhail Sergachev uh, going back to that 2016 draft when we were in Buffalo. And I actually thought Sergachev could end up going number four to Edmonton, but then Paul Yarby fell the last spot. And, uh, I mean, obviously Sergachev had a brilliant season this year. Ironically enough, he won a Memorial Cup a year ago with Windsor. It was coached by Rocky Thompson, who is another one of uh, Gil's clients at these dinners in the past. So, 
uh, you know, I, the circuit ship was a, uh, a well-liked uh, player around the league. And uh, in the case of the guy that ended up going the other way in that circuit ship trade, I think Montreal second-guessing that. You know, Jonathan Drouin, they thought he could play center. He's not a center. They paid him $6 million a year. And I don't think he's that guy. So you got to be careful at this time of year if you do potentially move young players. And so there's some concern and consternation in the Montreal market. I mean, they just traded Sergeyev uh, and Galchenyuk in the trade for uh, Max Domi and bought their team down day by another $2 bucks. So mm-hmm. that means I think they're going to be hard in on Paul Stastny, but I heard that maybe Stastny is considering a one-year deal with the Winnipeg Jets. So there's a lot of balls in the air right now here down in Dallas. Yeah, no doubt. As we're joined by Bob Stoffer, uh, host of Oilers Now, analyst for the Edmonton Oilers, uh, broadcast here on the Oilers uh, Radio Network, uh, joins us from the NHL Entry Draft in Dallas. Uh, Matthew Barzell has just won the Calder Trophy as the NHL Rookie of the Year, beating out uh, Canucks winger Brock Besser and uh, Coyotes center Clayton Keller. Uh, pretty good year for Barzell, Bob, and that's a you know a guy that I know Oilers fans hear the name of, and yeah. they they pound their their hand on the or pound their fist on the table. Eighty five points, uh, twenty two goals, sixty three assists. So um, phenomenal year for uh, a team that uh, may lose their best player in Jonathan Tavares, and uh, now they have Matthew Barzell. So uh, a good thing for them that they have this player. Well, you know, I mean, the, the guy had three five point games in one season. I mean, that's unheard of. You know, I mean, that's, that's Gretzky-esque. Uh, I saw Matt play at the Seattle Thunderbirds in the Western Hockey League. I thought he was a really good player. There were some people that didn't necessarily like his personality. Uh, and let's not forget, Edmonton, yeah, the Oilers traded out a lot spot at 16, but there were some other organizations. I mean, Matt Barzell was a consensus top five pick the year before. So he slid to 16. And that doesn't excuse Edmonton. Of the three trades that fans get most frustrated with uh, involving Peter Shirelli, the Taylor Hall trade for Adam Larson, and Taylor might win the MVP tonight. Uh, the uh, the trade for uh, Everlay for Strom. Uh, in my mind, the trade that the fans can probably get the most frustrated with is that trade, just because Reinhardt never panned out, and the Oilers should have known Griffin the best. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, that, that's a guy that they should have known. But you know, I had people suggest to me a year earlier when I was hosting Oilers now, Dave that Edmonton should trade the number three overall pick for Griffin Reinhardt. They held on to that number three pick, and they drafted Leon Dreisaitl. So things change, right? Yeah. That's just kind of how it works. No question. Um, things seem to be really fluid at number 10 for the Oilers. Yeah. Uh, there's there's several options for a defenseman. There might, there's some options there for a forward. But uh, could things happen really quickly with that number 10 pick, uh, depending on who is available, and, yeah. and is there a trade possible uh, still for that yeah. number 10 overall pick? All right, so I've got nine players, one through nine, um, that I think, you know, if any one of these guys was made available for the Oilers at 10, they would be absolutely elated, okay? And those, uh, obviously, Darlene's not going to be there. One Svechikov's not going to be there, too. I've got Kotkaniemi now three to Montreal because they need a center. I got Dobson four to Ottawa. Dobson plays in the uh, Quebec League, and that's where Ottawa's head scout is based. I got Kachuk at five. I've got Hughes at six to Detroit. He played for Blashill at the Worlds. Uh, I got uh, Bouchard out of uh, London going seven to the Vancouver Canucks because they need a right-shot defenseman. Uh, and then I've got Wallstrom. He's an American kid uh, that's uh, going to the Blackhawks at eight. And then I've got Zadina sliding all the way down to number nine, which probably isn't going to happen. But if any one of those nine guys are there, the orders are taking them at 10. Mm-hmm. If anyone is, so 
Now, if those nine guys go in that order, it's uh, my belief that Edmonton looks at Barrett Hayden, centerman out of uh, Sault Ste. Marie, who was buried a bit in their lineup this year. Uh, I, I know they've had conversations on Kravtsov. I think that'd be a bit of a risk. He's a Russian forward. And then there's a couple defensemen. Ty Smith out of Spokane, who's a real safe bet, in my opinion. And then Adam Boquist, who's dealt with some wrist and concussion issues. He's a right-shot, skilled offensive defenseman, but nobody's sure he can defend. So those are the four guys in that range. If it's me, uh, if I, I'm, I'm looking at Barrett Hayton or, or Ty Smith in that spot at 10. All right, Bob. Tomorrow, I, I, I suspect it's going to be a really busy type of day, and there'll be a lot of chatter, yes. a lot of trade talk, and we'll uh, hopefully hear from the Oilers brass as well about maybe what they're thinking. You will be hearing from the Oilers. You will be hearing from the Oilers brass tomorrow. Okay. Very good, Bob. Thank you very much for your time. Enjoy your time in Dallas. Okay, buddy. Hey, enjoy your broadcast Friday night. Thank Take you care. very much. Appreciate it, Bob. Bob Stoffer down in Dallas. Uh, NHL draft coverage here on 630 Chad, powered by Fast Track Indoor Karting. It's adrenaline pumping. It's safe. It's fun. Fast Track Indoor Karting, Edmonton.ca. And, yeah, uh, things could happen really quickly uh, after that third overall pick made by the Montreal Canadiens. So who knows what will happen. Um, but it's going to be wild. Uh, looks like William Carlson has won the uh, Lady Bing Trophy for uh, sportsmanship. No surprise there. What a year. I mean, 40, <laughs> 43 goals. Now, will we see William Carlson score 43 goals again? I mean, that's... See, I don't know how to read Vegas anymore. Is, is he this decade's Jonathan Chicho? Well, because remember, yeah. Don, Jonathan Chicho scored an immense amount of goals in 05-06. Oilers yeah. bounced the Sharks in round two. What happened to Jonathan Chicho? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, we know what happened. It wasn't pretty. Uh, one glove save made by Dwayne Rollison. In, uh, what was it, game three of the uh, second round of the playoffs in 2006. Or, that, or Wild Bill could be for real, and this is just the beginning <laughs> of a Hall of Fame career, so who knows, yes, right? That, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But I don't know how to read Vegas anymore. I mean, the run's over. It's uh, they, they had a great run. They went to the Stanley Cup final. Why did this happen? You got to play them as the Western Conference champs next year, so you got to go all yeah. out against them. But what would their lineup look like? I mean, how much of that lineup... Can they retain? How much do they want to retain? I mean, I think George McPhee and the Brass are surprised that this run happened because they weren't expecting this at all. Also, what if their lineup's better than they were this year? If that's even fathomable, right? I mean, if they land Eric Carlson and they want Eric Carlson, it shows you they're not willing just to throw the the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, they they want to be um, back in the race again, and, and why not? So... But we'll see what happens. You know, it's funny. Morley Scott always tells me uh, a line from Glenn Sather when he was negotiating a contract for Doug Waite after he scored 100 points in a season, his first and only 100-point season in the NHL. That was uh, 95-96. And the line from Glenn Sather is, well, is, is Doug Waite a 100-point scorer or did he, is he a player that scored 100 points once? You know? The same thing with William Carlson, right? Right. Is he a 40-goal scorer, or did he? is he a player that scored 40 goals in one season? Doug Wade, 100-point season, 95-96, in spite of having Sedano Zeger on his right wing. Yeah. Or left wing. I think it was left wing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah one of the wings. The other guy was pretty good, though, Jason Arnett. Uh, yeah, Arnett was mm-hmm. pretty good, too. So. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he uh, it just didn't work here, um, but it worked 
very well in New Jersey. Oh, yeah. And he was a very good player. Unfortunately, it just didn't work here for whatever reason. Uh, Matthew Barzell, just to show you how good of a year he had. Um, and it's impressive that he was the first rookie in NHL history to post at least three five-point games since <laughs> Joe Malone did it back in 1917-18. Wow. For Montreal. That was the NHL's inaugural season. But Matt Barzell led the NHL in offensive zone puck possession. Number two in the league was Patrick Kane of the Chicago Blackhawks. Number three, Connor McDavid. So Matt Barzell is a phenomenal player. And it rankles a lot of Oilers fans. <laughs> well, he could be the show in Long Island next year if Tavares doesn't oh, yeah. resign. So I think Tavares, that's the thing. Is, I think Tavares is gone. I think so too, yeah. yeah. And I don't know if it's San Jose. Um, I know they were looking to clear space. You know, maybe that's why they traded Mike Hoffman. Because, they, you know, I mean, Doug Wilson was very busy, the general manager of the Sharks yesterday. But there's a lot of teams that are going to be in on John Tavares, including his hometown, Toronto Maple Leafs. That would be a hard deal for the Leafs to do. If you look at the roster, I mean, it's almost a sign-and-trade kind of deal. You know, when and, and the Leafs give something back to the Islanders. So, I really don't know. It's... Yeah, it's it's hard to forecast where it is. I think like Tavares could be coming out west, could be a team like LA or or Anaheim even that grabs them, but yeah. who knows, right? So Will and Carlson of the Vegas Golden Knights wins the Lady Bing Trophy as the player best combining sportsmanship and ability. And uh, Carlson scored forty three goals, thirty five assists, only had twelve penalty minutes. Uh, so there you go. Carlson had never scored more than twenty five points in any of his three previous NHL seasons with the Anaheim Ducks and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, I believe another award has been handed out as well. Uh, we'll get that to you. O'Brien Boyle of the New Jersey Devils, the Bill Masterson Memorial Trophy. And, yeah, no question. I mean, the... the uh, this was a no-doubter. Yeah. yeah uh, the fact he came back from a cancer scare is just huge. Um, just a great story for Brian Boyle So and the New Jersey Devils. So uh, there's another award, the Bill Masterson Trophy. So congratulations to Brian Boyle of the New Jersey Devils. It is 6.51. We'll be back to wrap up Hour 1 of Inside Sports for this Wednesday evening. Campbell in for Wilkins. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6.30 Ched. 6.54, Campbell in for Wilkins tonight. In fact, we will hear from Reed just after uh, 7 o'clock. Around 7.05-ish. He's down in Dallas as well for coverage of the NHL Entry Draft, which will get underway at 4 o'clock on Friday afternoon. We will run with coverage until the Oilers make their 10th overall selection or something else happens. <laughs> so we, we expect that pick around uh, 6.30-ish or, or uh, yeah, 6.30, 6.45. And then we will switch to uh, coverage of the Edmonton Eskimos, home opener against the Hamilton Tiger Cats on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. The kickoff will be at 8 p.m. I know there's some call for thunderstorms. Storm, hopefully not. Please no. I'm not Please. recovered yet from last week, although I'm sure... I'm sure down the line, I know down the line, Kellen will be looking back and going, that was amazing. I'd like to get home before 2 a.m. that <laughs> night, if possible. <laughs> That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Uh, the salary cap in the NHL is going up uh, by $5 bucks, by the way, to $80 million. So those of you worried about the Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl contracts, hopefully that makes you feel a bit better. Um, more cap space is good. 
Uh, also, despite a rash of negative headlines in the last year, including a cyberbullying allegation made by the wife of Ottawa Senators Captain Eric Carlson against uh, the fiancé of now former teammate Mike Hoffman, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman says he's not concerned. There's always going to be some issue somewhere that has to be dealt with. And, you know, the, the, the headstone has been written over the years for many franchises under a variety of circumstances, and none of the burials ever took place. So it's a moment in time. So a lot of, uh, a lot of negative flack towards the organization led by owner Eugene Melnick. But uh, Melinda Carlson alleged Matt la- last month that the fiancé, bigger Mike Hoffman, posted hundreds of derogatory and harassing online messages aimed at her and her husband. Ottawa traded Hoffman yesterday. Uh, Jay's win. Jay Happer earned his fifth straight win with a season high. Eight in the third innings. Kendrick Morales, two, hit uh, a two-run home run. Jay's beat the Atlanta Braves 5-4. Seventh win in eight home games for the Jays. Reed Wilkins up next. Plus, we'll also talk some Eskimos and the all-in documentary by Global News. So that's coming up on Inside Sports. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.